Well, hello, folks. Enjoy this episode as I sit down with Tim Murphy and Ryan Rhodes. Tim and Ryan are connected by family and what they do professionally and their ministry here at Grace Baptist. We'll discuss what it means to engage the church as husbands and fathers and about the common challenges men face in life and ministry. Welcome to Magnify. You're a headphones person? We're going to find out. <laughs> Put them on. Figure it out. I did have to do a impromptu awesome. podcast one time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, work. <laughs> hey, you're going to be on this. What? <laughs> do I have a choice? No. The department has a podcast. No, 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 no. It was the city's like news oh, network okay. thing. Okay. Now, was that, <laughs> here I go. <laughs> was that live? No, they did edit because it came out like a week later. Okay. But I had no idea what they were talking to me about. And I was little, uh, just yeah. like today. You know? <laughs> oh, no. I emailed you on Thursday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that email address is correct. It is. It was really strange. I don't know what happened with it. It could have been on our end since both of you didn't get it. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me see if it went to the junk. But, like, I totally thought, to myself, I was like, these guys are going to bail on me. I mean, we could, <laughs> we, we could totally get Aaron going on a different subject because of what we've been discussing with angels and demons and realms oh yeah and michael heiser have you, have you purchased is, the book it's sitting at my house oh man and uh, cracked it open okay i went down this crazy rabbit trail so today i taught on on uh colossians 2 yeah and it quickly starts going into because you know what, some of the stuff that they were struggling with yeah. and so i was like here i am discussing all of this stuff and then i open the text that i'm going to teach and i just stare at it i'm like <laughs> under god's providence this is what i'm teaching through <laughs> It took everything in me not to go down like this extreme, like crazy <laughs> rabbit hole. I was like, remember, keep with the spirit of the theme of the text. I'm all, this yeah. is supportive. Yeah. This isn't the focus of the text. Yeah. But I was like, man, I sure want to go down this rabbit hole so bad. No, right I mean, now. Ryan Fogelsong and I were kind of committed to this level of conversation about the scriptures in that area. And we always have to come back to God is wise and he knows why we don't need to know certain things. Mm-hmm. Because it leads down bad paths. And, you know, that's true to form with Israel. Yes. <laughs> over and over and over. But it would be so fun to know. Yeah. And you will. One day you will. I know. And I know. And that's... But it won't serve you right now. <laughs> 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 if anything, it will just grow some sort of a conspiratory, For you sure. know, yeah. version of But it was funny, though. God. Today afterwards, one of the guys came up to me and he's like, hey. There's this book. <laughs> so, the, that book. And then he says it, and I was like, it is I've like already this. bought it. It's funny. Depending on the circles you're with, there's like this hush-hush like, hey, are you part of the club? That's exactly how, yeah. he, how he talked about it. He's like, yeah, people are going to think we're weird if we start talking no, about this. No, thing. no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's truth there, but you're, <laughs> there are people who get like really really weirded out by it i already know the gateway you just open psalm 82 and you say okay <laughs> just read this and who's psalm 82 written to just just tell me who it's written to and then you're just then they just look at you like you're crazy yeah. i was in the company of someone when they asked will varner about that and will just looked at him and shook his head <laughs> said we're not going there he so. wouldn't even go <laughs> you know, we're oh, like no man. we're not going there i mean he has thoughts of course he has thoughts yeah of course he knows what he's gonna say he was just informing that poor soul 
you can't handle the truth. You can't handle it. He walked away. You, yeah. No, that, no, son, that comes to you. You don't go to it. So yeah. when you're ready, we'll talk. That's actually uh-huh. kind of well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you don't even know this, but we've been recording this entire time. That's fine. Oh, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's not live radio. Well, folks, I'm sitting down with two dear brothers, Timmy Murphy and Ryan Rhodes. They are men in our church who faithfully serve in various capacities. They're part of the same adult Bible fellowship, which is called Among Friends. They are fathers. They are husbands. And yeah, they are what I'll call emerging leaders at Grace. And so I thought it'd be good to sit down with them. Just want to get to know you guys. Um, you have some similarities. I think you have common life experiences, but are you related? We are related. We certainly are. Or are your wives related? No. Okay, you're related. Can you please explain this to the people? It's a unique, it goes beyond family. It okay. starts out as friendship okay. because Ryan is best friends with my younger brother, Shane. Okay. And so they're about six years younger than me. So okay. I was always in a distinctly different chapter of my life because Ryan was- Tim's been an older brother to me yeah. pretty much my whole life. So Timmy, do you see Ryan as just- Perpetual, just a child. No, okay. not now. Okay, okay. <laughs> absolutely not. Kid brother, you can't break out of for that years. Role. For years, that was the case. Yeah, uh, but certainly not now. No offense, Ryan. I just, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> but yeah, he was always around the house with Shane. But my wife, his his older sister. Yes. So we've we've known each other since we were five. Went to kindergarten together. I've known. Uh, my in-laws for, you know, that same amount of time, always yep. been involved at some point with Shane or with Tiffany at school and stuff like that. So it goes, it goes a long ways, a long ways back. And and so the connection really is in terms of the matriarchy at this point is Marilyn Anderson in our church, correct? That's yes. correct. That's correct. Yeah. And it was really kind of embarrassing. I'm going to share with you. <laughs> I just in knowing that there's a growing clan and they're all connected in some way, shape or form, you know, by, by relation, by marriage. I just assumed people's last name was Anderson. That's right. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of came to a head a few years ago. <laughs> Someone was talking to me about Ryan Rhodes. He's like, well, you know Ryan. I'm like, uh, I don't think I do. I mean, I know Ryan Fogelsong. I know Ryan Anderson. I know, it's like, no, no, you, you really, truly do. Now, here's the thing. And this never surfaced in the conversation because this took place in my office. Your Christmas card that you gave me, was right behind my head on my bookshelf. And here, and I guess the guy didn't see it because he's trying to convince me that I know Ryan Rhodes. I'm like, I truly do not know Ryan Rhodes. No, you know It was him. Bo Lehman. Yeah. He, Bo was like, no, you, you have to. You must know who he is. I'm like, I don't. I know Ryan Anderson. So, bro, I don't know if you ever picked up on that, but like I called Ryan Rhodes, Ryan Anderson for like five years. No one corrected me. So, kind of embarrassing. You know, you weren't wrong. I'm technically 50% Anderson. Sure. <laughs> you got that going for you. I have been in situations where I've called people by a wrong name and they've not corrected me. Mm-hmm. And that's really embarrassing. But, you know, you know, it's whatever. So it here happens. we are. And I kind of want to get to know you. You are connected. But tell me about, Timmy, we'll start with you. Tell me about your, your family life, your wives, how you met, how long you've been married, all the good stuff. I grew up with uh, Christian parents, my mom and dad. Uh, they actually didn't become believers till probably around like when I was born. Mm-hmm. So they had my older brother, their first generation believers from both the McGlynn side and the Murphy side. It's always interesting as I get older to to know that and to to look back and see my parents as as a child. You thought they had it all together, and yet at that time they were 
really early on in their faith mm-hmm. and and growing. But I have an older brother, younger brother. Me and my older brother are pretty close in years. We're about two years apart. My younger brother is, like I said, with Ryan, they're about mm-hmm. six years, mm-hmm. six years younger than me. So there's a bit of a gap. But yeah, I was, I was blessed to have mom, a mom and dad who really were intentional with me, with those boys. Made a very distinct investment in in us, especially with my dad and the manner in which he grew up. He definitely saw some things that he wanted to do differently and do better. Um, I would say my grandpa was a great grandpa to us, mm-hmm. but probably not the best father to yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. Really, he's a World War II veteran, yep. uh, just a classic rough, tough, tough guy. He was great to us boys though, as, as a grandpa. I think he had probably learned some some of his shortcomings and yep. recognized those and wanted to maybe uh, rectify that with his his grandsons. Yeah. But with my dad, he was uh, just uh, just a pillar as far as an example of of Christ. To, to us boys, both like verbally, always talking and discussing things with us, but more than anything, his example was just like, just consistent, mm-hmm. always consistent, always faithful. I'm only saying that because I can remember just the best of the the best, you know, and I'm sure, sure there were things that I, I can't recall, but. So you were raised in the faith. Uh, what, what church did you grow up uh, in? We went to Village Christian Church uh, in my youth. And then we went to Grace Community for a short time, I would say a year. And then we ended up settling at Calvary Bible Church in Burbank. In Burbank. And Pastor Jack Hughes was primarily our pastor there at Calvary. And we were were at Calvary for a number of years. I was uh, late junior high and then all of my high school and into my early college years as well. When did you come to faith in Christ? So I came to the Lord uh, my freshman year of high school. I mean, my, like I said, my dad was just so involved and always heavy. On, it was always weighing on my heart. I knew uh, I wasn't saved. I knew I hadn't, you know, I hadn't accepted Christ as my Savior. I, but I was very aware that I was a sinner, and I was very aware that I, I needed Christ in my life in order to uh, break down that wall between mm-hmm. me and God, right, and and be able to have that that communion with God the Father. And we went to uh, Gray Glory, which was kind of out of character. I had, my dad hadn't really, but he was, he's like, hey, we're going to go down and we're going to go listen to Greg Glory. And uh, he was te- teaching on a variety of, of scriptures, talking a little bit about the end times mm-hmm. and just the reality of that and and the reality of me. Yeah. Totally unsure of where I was going. So, so God used... God used great glory to bring you to Jesus. Yeah, and that's, he did. that's where things certainly building on the foundation mm-hmm. that your parents modeled. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like in a vacuum that first time you'd heard these things, but that's where it no, began yeah, to it, take root. And that's where it, yeah. it hit me. And I said, I, I, you know, I completely recognize who I am and, yeah. and that I need my sins forgiven and I need Christ. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I will bounce over to you, Ryan. So we'll, we'll talk about your wife and your, your kids here in a minute to me, but the same sort of thing, like, Where'd you grow up? How'd, how'd you get here, where you are in your faith, and how were you brought to Christ? Yeah, so I grew up in Burbank, and I did a, I attended Calvary Bible Church my whole life until I came here, actually. My dad and my mom were very involved. My dad was an elder there, I think, since before I was born, he was an elder there. So my, my entire time there was spent with my dad uh, being extremely involved in teaching Sunday schools and all that. And I uh, just like Tim, I grew up listening yep. to uh, Jack Hughes. 
Yep. Yeah. And so it was actually under Jack's uh, teaching where I uh, came to the Lord. Uh, I was in sixth grade. I can clearly remember he used uh, older men in my life, which would have been guys that were, you know, early college at that time mm. that poured into me, you know, kept talking to me about like, hey, if you were to die today, what would you tell God? You know, why would he let you into heaven? And they just wanted to see sure, like, are sure. you going to claim your own works? Or are you going to put sure. this on, yeah. on what Christ has done? Right. Obviously given the wrong answer, you know, over and over and over. And, and then finally, you know, it clicked one day, you know, just sitting in church. I, I can't tell you the moment, but sure. um, yeah, it, that's when it, it finally uh, clicked. And even though growing up, you know, I would have been the average church kid, mm you know, not really involved in getting in too yeah. mischievous activities, <laughs> unlike Tim here. <laughs> but We can talk about that later. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was, I guess you're a typical good church kid, but not truly believing, you know, in my heart uh, as far as the means of salvation is and yeah. what Christ has done for us. A little less exciting as uh, Tim, not as much... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's really wanting me I'm to sensing that Tim here. has a past we need to delve into. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> no, he, he just, just into mischief, that's wanna, all. <laughs> yeah, that's just a little troublemaker. How many California fires trace back to you, my yeah. friend? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. No. Well, okay, Timmy, tell me about your wife, your your, your girls, your yeah. daddy, your husband. Yeah. No, I'm uh, very blessed. My wife, Tiffany. Like I said earlier, I'd known her since I was five. We went to kindergarten together at Village Christian. Uh We have a kindergarten picture, and we're there together, separated, her and me. I have my wife's phone, so she's like, everyone's going. Are you texting your wife? I'm texting my my mom is like calling the phone because she's probably trying to find where the phone is. Sorry, I'm sorry. Nice. You're good. Keep going. But I'm like, I got to text because they're not going to leave church until they know. I'm like, what is he doing? We got an emergency going on? I'm like, why are both my pockets buzzing right now? Like, what's going on? That's not distracting at all. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about Um, that. So we had a friendship throughout our whole whole childhood. Um, Mm. She was actually really good friends with my cousin. And uh, they were pretty good friends growing up. <clears throat> so she was always around, uh, but always at school together. And I just remember distinctly eighth grade, the first day of school, Tiff walked in. And I can't really like, put my finger on it as to what, what happened. But I just was like, man, Tiff's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew everything about her. I knew where she came from with her parents. And just she was just always a solid a godly example. How many years have you been married at this point? We've been married 17 years now. Oh, great. Uh, we were married in 06. We dated on and off through high school. I really pursued her um, at a pretty young age. Because in my mind, I mean, it's hard. I think it's hard for people to understand it. But for me, I was very intentional as far as in my mind for dating. Even at a young age, I was mm-hmm. very much like, if I'm going to date a girl, it's going to be somebody that I am genuinely interested in and in seeking as a wife. Yeah. And if those, are, I was looking for those attributes, right? And and Tiff very much had so many things that were just very, you know, impressive to me. So I, I pursued her very actively, and uh, we dated on and off through high school, which was an experience in of itself. You know, I think we look back now and say, oh, why did we do that? Yeah. You know, uh, but it was a part of our story. God yeah. utilized it for sure. True. God utilized her in my life. Uh, very much so in high school and keeping me accountable. You obviously don't want to disappoint the Lord, right? But I didn't want to disappoint Tiff because of this, of, of, of where she, where she placed herself, Uh you know? And I, and I, and I knew that and I recognized that and it very much 
kept me out of trouble, more mm-hmm. trouble than I, I, I imagine I would have gotten to a lot mm-hmm. more trouble. And God has blessed you with four yeah. daughters? So I have four daughters. Four we daughters. have four little girls, mm-hmm. Grayson, Peyton, Harper, and uh, Brooklyn. Grayson's our oldest. She's 13. And then Harper will be 11 in a few days here. And then Peyton, she's nine. And then Brooklyn, she'll be seven. Praise God for that. So, Okay, Ryan, over to you. You met Emily. Did you grow up with Emily? I did not. No? Well, okay. I mean, we met in high school, so I guess. Okay. Kind of. All right. That, that's actually where my journey here at Grace Baptist actually started. Okay. <laughs> so when I was in high school, uh, my senior year, I wanted to be a firefighter. Obviously, that didn't work out. I, <laughs> I, I, so I mean, I was a firefighter. Both these guys bit, are but, police officers, and so that's, yeah. that's one thing they have in common. But yeah, that didn't pan out. You went a different it did. direction. Well, my dad was a firefighter as well. Yeah. And I, he's retired now, but uh, so I kind of wanted to follow in his shoes. And so he was kind of pointing me in the right direction, like what I should do. So while I was still in high school, I started taking classes at LA Valley College uh, in order to be a wildland firefighter with the U.S. Forest Service. So those classes were all day, Saturday and Sunday for a couple months. So I couldn't go to church because mm-hmm. it was all day during, during church service. And back then, uh, Grace had the Saturday night service. Ah. And the high school group, that was, that was the spot. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that was the spot. Now I didn't really know much about it, but as you know, as we already talked about, my grandma uh, and my cousins and aunt and uncles have been yeah. coming here for a while, and so I kind of knew a little bit about Grace, but sure. had never been here before. And they're like, "Oh yeah, why don't you come? You know, check this out. This is a cool, you know, spot or whatever." They have a good high school group at the time. Just help me with the timeline. Uh, who was the youth pastor? Do you remember? It was R.J. Holt. R.J. Holt. Okay. So I started taking those those classes, and then I came here to to grace uh no secondary motives or anything at all you know mm. about meeting girls or anything <laughs> yeah right now god <laughs> god uses that uses yeah i came with an open mind you never know who you're doing. <laughs> um so i actually came and my first uh saturday service here was i can't remember his last name but they're in high school pastor at the time oh. his name, first name was todd i don't remember todd roten that was his last Got it. So nobody said a word to me. Um, <laughs> everybody was like sad and they're yeah. like, oh, he's leaving. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, well, yeah, nice to meet you. So I was like, I'll come back the next week, you know, might as well give it another try. You know, I get it. I grew up in a church. I understand the difficulties of sure. people reaching out and talking to new people. So I came back and, you know, just tried to keep getting plugged in. I became friends with Ryan Knight. Mm-hmm. He was the music leader for the high school right. uh, group at that time. Yeah, and just kind of was making friends and looking around and seeing who was there. And uh, every week I kept noticing this one girl. As one does. Yeah, you know, she <laughs> she was the one that wouldn't come up and say hi as much. Uh, I mean, she would say hi, but then would keep doing her thing. and Hard to get, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I kept noticing things too. When many of the other, you know, girls or people in the group, mm-hmm. you know, we were service would end, they would go off and do their thing, join their cliques and talk, and she would stay. She would serve. She would help out with some of the uh, the kids that had disabilities in there and didn't seem to be as into like the whole church clique type thing. And so I was seeing the just the little acts of service that she was doing. She was reminding you of Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, and just like Tim, where, you know, he's noticed the, the good qualities in my sister, I was obviously noticing the good qualities in <laughs> sure. Emily and was sure. like, yeah, and I like that one. Yeah. So I strategically, you know, started putting myself in places where I would happen to be around her. Sure. <laughs> uh, just trying to get to know her. Oh, 
fancy seeing you here. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but find then I, excuses. I found the perfect in. I found out that she was getting rides to church every day. And I was like, hey, I got my license. I got a car. I was like, do you want me to give you a ride to church? I'll come pick you up. And then it was, hey, you want me to pick you up early? Let's go get some coffee, you know? And this was before Grace had the coffee shop. So we'd go to sure, the Starbucks sure. down there on the corner. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, man, I would never have let some random guy I didn't know, like, pick up my daughter right now. By, <laughs> by the grace of God. Isn't you know, that the truth, though? Uh, her parents let me do that. I, I shared on this uh, podcast, I had my <laughs> wife on here. We shared how we, we met. And I, I basically manipulated an entire student budget to create a freshman outing so that by which I could get to know my wife. It was, <laughs> it was totally shady. And it worked. I used school funds. I manipulated the entire situation to find out what room she was in. And it's like, as I'm, I, I listen to that episode, I'm like, oh, that's cringy. <laughs> yes. You know, now I'm a father of daughters. I'm like, oh, dude, not okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we began to talk and we kind of talked pretty deep, pretty fast. I was still, you know, pretty, very involved at Calvary. Mm -hmm. Again, I was up here only for a few months, you know, on a little excursion. Yeah. Well, now you had a reason. Yeah. And back, you know, at at home, there was a series going on, on marriage. They did one with the high school group at the time. (laughs) Yes. Seriously. Oh, yes. All right. And then obviously they were going through it in the, in the main church service. And so all that stuff was like so fresh in my mind. I'm like, I don't date to date, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm focused. Man on a mission. Yeah, I was a man on a mission. So it's crazy enough. Like the first time we're talking, we're already talking about marriage and like, we're just, I'm just driving her, you know, picking her up. Sure. (laughs) And not, not because I'm like, I want to marry you. Like just, that was just something I was learning. And so that's what we were talking about. And uh, it was good to see that she had similar perspective on it. Sure. Like, yeah, we're, you know, we're not just going to hang out and hope nothing bad happens. Like, no, there's going to be a purpose for why we're together. So, uh, yeah, as things progressed, we, we knew probably within a year, like, yeah, we wanted sure, to get married, sure. but I was a, a freshman in college now and mm-hmm. she was a senior in high school. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a complication. Yeah. A little complicated. Yeah. But we were focused and we knew, we knew we wanted sure. to get married. And how old were you when you got married? Uh, she was 19 and I was 21. Praise uh, God. Praise God. Praise God. We were dirt poor. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. We would have been poor single or poor married. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I made $12 an hour and she made minimum wage at Marie Callender's. How so. fantastic. And so how long have you been married? We've now? married 12 years now. 12 years. And how many children has God blessed you with? We have three children. Praise God. Yeah. So you guys, you're related. You have similar uh, backgrounds, similar gospel influences that God has used. How did you both, now you just kind of gave me the answer to this next question. How did you end up, Timmy, at Grace? So at Grace, uh, we were in Burbank. Uh, we had bought our first house in Burbank and lived there for a few years. And at that point, this was like, that was 09. Okay. And we got to fast forward to like 2014, 13. I had like eight years on and we were living in a really busy area. And I just was kind of uh, having a hard time living in town and working in the same town mm-hmm. uh, where I'm where I'm law enforcement just started running into a lot of gang members or, Mm -hmm. you know, different guys that were pretty proactive agency. So we're we're stopping guys a lot and talking to them and just had a few run-ins. And at that point we had Grayson Mm -hmm. and we were going to have the second, uh, we're going to have Harper. I pretty much was like, Hey, I think we, we just need to move. 
Mm. I, we, I can't relax here. I just feel like I'm at work even when I'm off and I just don't want to have any more run-ins. So Heather and Keith, my other uh, Tiff sister yes. and her husband, we had briefly discussed, had talked about like moving out here. So we bought our house, Heather and Keith bought their house. And once we moved up here, I was, we were already set, like we're, we're going to go to, we're going to find a church, a body that is local. Hmm. I don't want to be commuting to Burbank to go to church. It's going to be difficult for our kids as they get older to be involved. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to, to at a moment's notice, if something's going on in church, we can jump in and we can, we can get there and we can do these different things. Yeah. And so we came to Grace though. Yeah. Uh, they were, Grace Baptist was the first one we visited mm-hmm. and we spent a couple weeks here. I think, what year was that? That was 2014. Okay. I think I remember meeting you yeah. for the first time, maybe a year or two before that, 2012 or whatever, at the beach. Yeah, Carpinteria. Carpinteria. It was like a family right. day at the beach. Yep. Okay. So that it was during that season that you were looking, mm-hmm. you ended up at Grace. Yeah, really. I mean, it was, uh, we. I really had an open mind with looking and checking out the different yeah. churches, but Pastor Haig was phenomenal. Yeah. The children's ministry I thought was great. And at that time, I mean, it still felt like a big church. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel overwhelming though. Yeah. And that was my thing. I didn't want to be at a church that felt so big that it's, you got like churches within churches. How big is Calvary in its heyday? How big was that church? I feel like around a thousand. Around yeah, a thousand? I was, I was going to say like 1200. Okay. That's yeah. kind of like, I was going to say on the high end, like 1200. Depending on where you're coming from, that's a, either a, a big or a medium sized mm-hmm. church, depending mm-hmm. on where you're coming from. Yeah. So it just felt right. The The teaching was sound. Yeah. And I saw a lot of opportunities for us to eventually be serving in. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it would be a great, great place for our kids to grow up in as well. Everybody, don't miss an opportunity to invest in your marriage this fall with a six-week study through Timothy Keller's Meaning of Marriage. The study won't begin until the second week of October and will meet in various locations throughout the valley, from our church campus to various homes of our church members. You'll be able to register on our website. Just go to gracebaptist.org slash marriage. Hope you enjoy. And guys, I know that you don't represent all men in the church. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But you are representative of many men. And when it comes to life in the church, raising your family in the church, friendships in the church, what are some challenges that come with that for a lot of dudes? Because you've probably experienced that yourselves, and you certainly you've seen other men in the church struggle in terms of not being able to find a place here, yeah. not being able to engage or connect with people in a meaningful way. I mean, you guys, you work stressful jobs, okay? Law enforcement, it's stressful. There are other, other men that are in different careers, different rhythms, and because of that, those rhythms, maybe they feel a little isolated. Maybe mm-hmm. they feel they're set apart among the rest. And so what are some contributing factors or challenges that you've noticed? Well, I can kind of speak to my own experience, I guess, and I'm sure some will relate. There was a period of time where I worked uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, graveyard shift. Mm -hmm. And I did that for three years straight. So I went almost three years without going to a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really different. And that wasn't even by choice. That was just, hey, you're a new guy. That's life. This is your your shift. Good luck. So that was difficult, and that was kind of hard to to get around. But then moving into when we had moved up here uh, to Grace, we started coming at the end of uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. That's when we moved out here. And same idea as Tim. When once we moved out here, we wanted to be involved, you know, here. We didn't want to do a commute. My first 
several years here though um i would say we're pretty fringy uh, like i mean common like attendance like and stuff like that sure. but as far as you know we i feel like we definitely fell in more of that show up on sunday do the church thing go home yeah. do your week yeah and then come back and just repeat but it there was no deep dive into it uh there's only a few families that we kind of knew weren't really you know actively seeking to see to grow as mm -hmm. as us uh as a within the church but then also what can we also give back right so we felt that way for a while and it was just eating how long was that while soul. it would have been almost probably almost three years because it would have been about 2020 okay was when uh I, it was really eating on me there was a there's a bunch of stuff going on bunch of stuff going on obviously at work sure and bunch of stuff going on here, like even like, hey, do we even want to stay in the state? You know, do we want to sure. bail with everybody else? <laughs> like sure. there was like so many <laughs> stuff going on in my mind at that time. But we also were like, man, I also feel kind of just like I'm, we're not really actively serving. You know, we're kind of just being consumers of the church. Were you in Among Friends, ABF at the time? No, but this, not. Is, this is kind of okay. how things kind of started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was back when we were meeting in the amphitheater because we weren't meeting inside. Mm -hmm. um, and while we were up there, Emily and I had already been talking about this. Like, hey, we just need to get involved. I don't care what it is. Like, we're just going to say yes to whatever it is. I, I don't care. We ran into Mike Wilkie. And I just went up to him. I said, hey, he's always like organizing stuff. I don't even know what he does, but he's like <laughs> telling people. Yeah. He's got an earpiece. Yeah, trust like, well, yeah. He, he, must, he must be important or something. So I go up and talk to Mike and say, hey, Mike, like whatever you need, like we just want to serve, like just call us, let us know. We're going to say yes. And we resol resolved in our heart, like, I don't know what he's going to ask, but the first time he asked, we're going to make it work, even if we have to move our schedule. And it wasn't even like 24 hours. <laughs> Mike calls. <laughs> Especially 2020. <laughs> He's like, hey, we're doing this food thing, whatever. We need people yeah. to serve and like, you know, uh, put food on people's plates. And can you do it? And Emily and I looked at each other. We're like, cancel any plans. We're doing it. <laughs> like, we said we were going to do this. Yeah. And literally, that's where, where it started. And I, I am a true believer. Like, you, you serve and you lead mm -hmm. where you are. Mm -hmm. Wherever that is, whatever it doesn't matter how small it is, you got to just start where you're at, and then the Lord will lead sure. you where you want. Sure. But if you're not doing it, even in those simple areas, yeah. like He's not going to just throw you in some other position and say, "Yeah, good luck." Yeah, like, we kind of have a saying we've developed on staff: you do it by doing it because that's how you do it. Absolutely. Well, you just at some point it just is that simple. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So then it snowballed. Then Mike, you know, says, "Hey, you know," and he this happens even now. This happened this morning. You know, hey, uh, we need uh, somebody to teach. You know, third grade or whatever grade. Sure. You know, we're just like, "Well, just say yes. We'll just say yes." Like we resolved in our heart, we're gonna serve, and we're just gonna say yes. And if it's horrible, the Lord will make it known. You know, not to us, but to everybody. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So when people are avoiding in the hallway, you'll exactly. Know. Yeah. So it turned into that. <laughs> yeah. And then we're walking around. We're still in the amphitheater doing stuff. Just this little girl happens to walk up to me and grabs me by the finger and won't let go. And I'm like, I don't know whose child this is. What child is holding onto my hand? And I look up and it's Bo Lehman. And I hadn't met Bo yet. And I'm like, hey, you know, your daughter. And she would not let go of my hand. And I'm like, That's so, funny. so Bo and I just began talking because his daughter wouldn't let go of my hand. We walked around for half the service. So we became friends. Mm -hmm. And um, then he's like, hey, you know, when we start doing these ABFs again, like, would you want to join our ABF? And that was the conversation that Bo and I were in. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about asking Ryan Rhodes, do you know him? 
I don't think I do. <laughs> so, you know, again, my wife and I just being like, we're just going to say yes. Like, I don't know. And I was sure. like, yeah, we're going to go. So obviously a couple of weeks later, sure. things got in the swing of it. And I was like, all right, we're doing it. You know, like we're in this group. And I don't know what Bo was thinking. A few weeks or months or whatever after that, you know, he's like, hey, um, do you want to help lead this ABF with me? And I'm like, I just met you. <laughs> and that's when he had the conversation with yeah. you of, yes. hey, yes. there's this Ryan Anderson. Now, like, Ryan I Anderson, I'm pretty sure I know who he is. Thanks so much. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it kind of just snowballed literally by just saying, yes, we're just going to serve and lead wherever we are. And if the Lord leads it in a different direction, it's going to happen. And it literally, within yeah. a year's time, sure. it went from that to that. Sure. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm yeah. just going to say yes. So, okay, Timmy, same sort of question, but like in your own version of that, yeah. you know, Grace has become your home. How yeah. has it become your home and what challenges have you faced? It's similar to what Ryan was kind of explaining. When we first got here, just kind of floating around, you know, yeah. we joined the original Among Friends because mm-hmm. that was a different group than actually, I mean, there's some people that are still in Among Friends today sure, that, sure. that were there years ago, but it was a, it was a distinctly different group. We tried hard to kind of connect and it just wasn't happening. Mm. I will say it was probably more self-induced than anything. It wasn't anything on, with outside issues. It was more of me and not maybe being more open and willing to throw down my walls and say, hey, let's, and really try to foster some genuine relationships with, right. with some of the people in that group. So it was a bit of floating around and... I pretty much, me and Tiff, we talked and I just said, you know, Tiff, I said, I just feel like we're not serving. I feel like we're showing up and we're just taking and it it feels wrong and it's not right. It's not right. And let's just, let's get involved. Mm. And we pretty much were like, why don't we, why don't we step up and just see if high school needs help? Mm -hmm. And so I went in and Ricky had just taken over. Jan was still there Mm -hmm. and it was wonderful because- Ricky's like, man, I'd just been praying that I'd be able to get somebody a little bit older, a little, you know, a little more experience in life. And I said, well, I'm ready. I'm here. Mm. And so I did that for about three years and Tiff did as well. Uh, So we we had grace groups um, at home Mm -hmm. um, midweek, which was phenomenal. And it was good for me, especially with work, just in the busyness of, of law enforcement and all that to midweek, come to Grace on campus, settle in with some young minds and be able to push my concerns away of whatever's going on in my life and just focus directly on Mm. uh, these young men and just see what's going on in their life, you know. Serving and coming alongside of other people uh, and then also seeing those same people in, in worship and also in fellowship, that begins to have an imprint on you, right? Mm-hmm. It begins to be a big factor in your identity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many men, and men in particular, I know it's probably true for women, definitely is true for women, but I'm just targeting men right now in this podcast, where they are here, they attend, you know, maybe they're watching their, their children get engaged, uh, and they're engaging, and they're watching their wives be engaged, and they are engaging, and yet they're just still in this limbo. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is as simple as you you described it, Ryan, which is it's just a little bit of a spark in the heart to resolve we're going to do this. It's going to happen. 
Other times you need other influences. You know, the yeah. Holy Spirit uses that, that one conversation or perhaps a podcast like the one that we're on or one connection with the pastor or a phone call to Mike Wilkie. And, and that's really what I want this time together to serve for anyone who might be listening, that they, that they find themselves there. Yeah. They've been orbiting our church for however many months or years, and they're just waiting for it to feel like home. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, I do think you do it by doing it because that's how you do it. Yeah. You just do it. But I think sometimes I don't want to be too simplistic. People need a little encouragement in a particular direction. They need a, a place where they can go and they can belong. So what would yeah. you recommend? You found yourselves in the same ABF as, as family members. Yeah. Um, how would you help encourage men in our church to get there? Well, I think there has to be authentic engagement. I mean, we're, that's what we're talking about right here. If you do not take the step, the forward step, then nothing's going to happen. Right. You cannot expect that the, the church or the body to just, uh, you know, be grabbing you and saying, hey, please do this or, or, or that. You know, we have to take some responsibility on our own and say, hey, I need to, I need to step up here. Mm-hmm. I need to be involved in this body of believers. I need to, you right. know, I need to serve Christ in this way. And you're identifying a, a presupposition there. You're identifying you have a need. Yes. You have to recognize that you have yeah. a need, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a simple, like what, like what Ryan did and what anybody else, just reaching out to somebody and say, hey, where are the areas that, I, that we need help and I can serve? Yeah. And doing that. Yeah. Because in doing so, it's going to foster relationships which develop over time and create, whether it's creating something new or moving and segueing you into something else mm-hmm. within the church to bolster up that already existing aspect of whether it's an ABF mm-hmm. or it's children's ministry, or it's something that is that you have thought of it, that we can serve in the body and also the community, then it will happen. And it's okay if these things migrate with time. So you started off yeah. serving student ministries and now you're, you and Tiffany are engaged with among friends. And I, I don't know if you're planning on serving anywhere else in the yeah. church, but that it seems like that ABF has become home base yes. by which then you, you perform ministry. Yeah. I mean, like Ryan, he just kept kind of tugging at me and saying, Hey, why don't you guys come, you know, come to the, among friends and, uh, get, maybe you guys, you can help, you know, lead and be and, and teach and teaching in that area. Teaching with high schoolers was something that I didn't have an issue with, but getting up in front of people and teaching, not necessarily a big desire of mine, rather more intimidating to me, but God had been working in my heart and I had been praying about it. And, I, and I've talked to you about it before. Yeah. I just said, you know what? I think the Lord just wants me to take on these new challenges because I, I believe that he's going to grow me mm-hmm. so much more as a result of it. And I'm going to be able to serve others. And I, it, it's just been a, it's the positive, you know, aspects of it have been phenomenal mm. in my own studies and my own walk, obviously but just the fostering of relationships too with Ryan and Bo and some of these other men, the conversations that take place as a result of being a part of that in leadership of studying, whether we're studying Philippians or Colossians of meeting together and discussing those things on what we're, we're looking to, as far as I have the next, whatever, you know, 10 verses and, and then talking with Ryan who taught on the previous five and, and mixing those and connecting it's, 
it's been very, very wonderful. Ryan, can you speak to some of the pressure, and I mean that in a positive sense, some of the positive pressures and stressors that God used in your and Emily's sphere to recognize that something has to change for us to reach out and call Mike Wilkie? Like, so what was going on? Well, for me at that time, putting myself back in, you know, 2020, I just had my third child. The world was exploding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Work was an interesting place. Every, Mm -hmm. every day was a protest. Every day was, was something going on. Mm -hmm. I, I had been struggling in my soul on what should I do? And I actually happened to listen to the whole series on Daniel that Jack Hughes <laughs> had taught through. And that series was fantastic mm. because you put yourself in Daniel's shoes and what he was going through. Sure. And I was like, man, it ain't that bad. Sure. <laughs> so sure. Yeah. Uh, it was just incredibly encouraging to my soul mm. as far as, hey, this is where the Lord has you and you can, you can honor God no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. And we're not, you know, being ruled by Nebuchadnezzar and all this other crazy stuff. <laughs> you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. So using that on, on my soul was like, you know what? I want to be here. I want to be where the fight is. I want to be where the church is going to be the strongest, which is where the persecution is potentially the mm-hmm. harshest. Mm-hmm. And I'm not claiming that here in Southern California, it's crazy. I mean, if you act, ask people in other states, they'll say that. Sure. But when you're here, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. It's, it's relativized, it's right? Yeah, yeah. But they, everybody needs needs Christ around us. Yes. I'm cool to be here and struggle no matter how hard it, it might be. So using that, now my, my mindset had changed. It said, you know what? I want to be here. I want to be where the need is. I want to tell people about Christ where we are. I'm not saying don't send missionaries out, but I'm like, man, we need it here. No, absolutely. I'm like, I'm telling you, other places. I've told family members that. I said, look, yeah. I know you want me to move, you know, myself and the family to the state you live in, but if you have to see us as missionaries to California for the mindset, that's how you have to see me. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So my mindset changed that. I'm like, you know what? People need Christ where I am at. Absolutely. And need it as bad as they do anywhere else in the world. So that kind of, my whole mind changed like that. And then it turned into, well, what am I doing to further the kingdom? And then I, the thought turned into, sure. well, mm-hmm. at church, we're kind of just consuming church, you know? Like, hey, you know, we tithe a little here. We show up on Sunday here. Like, ah, I feel good about myself. I'll go sure. home, live sure. my life. But it's not that. Um, we wanted to, to have that benefit of being involved in the body yeah. so we could grow, have that support system. And then when we go out during our, our week, you know, we're encouraged and we're strengthened to be able to, you know, evangelize where we are. And that means at work. Yep. That means when you come across people, you know, wherever you're at in the grocery store, it doesn't matter. Like evangelism isn't this like, oh, I'm going out on this mission to It's the normal rhythms the, of life. It's the more normal yeah. rhythms of life and yeah. where you're at. Yeah. So that that's kind of what sure. kicked it off for me. It started off in kind of a different realm and then transitioned into what am I doing here? And God uses <laughs> the heat from stressors and from crises to bring good things <laughs> to surface. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it, it doesn't have to be law enforcement to bring that. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, where you are, God has you in the trials of your life yes. for a reason. Yes. And I'll be honest, like, yeah, things were kind of crazy, but it really wasn't that bad. You know, looking back on it, and sure. you're like, okay, yeah. 
God, God, God's grace. God's it's grace. Tough. Well, guys, we do have to start landing the plane. Uh, but do you mind both mind giving a little plug for your ABF? Because there might be listeners and they're like, hey, we want to engage. We want this to be our church family. And among friends might be a perfect place for them to do mm-hmm. that. So can we give a little plug for that? Absolutely. Okay. Well, go on. Well, <laughs> give an invite. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting to do this. We're a group that's primarily, you know, 20s to. Well, we've actually grown in age. We got some, uh, some. You got some age. Elderly people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, age. some very, very wise, wise individuals have joined. Yeah. Yes, which I am so sure. thankful for because it was a pretty young group when we first started coming. So we have a lot of uh, wisdom there. What hour do you meet? We meet first hour in room D two two two. Okay. Uh, it's a group that is. It's very. Uh, I guess you could say like organically involved. Okay. It's not a group that you have to try very hard to get together with. Okay. When we do events, uh, you know, outside of church, yes. people go all out. Uh, <laughs> okay. We love spending time together. Yeah, well, the women do getaways as well. Uh, they're they're doing a a fun one down at <laughs> I forget which beach they're going to, but they rented some beach house. Yeah, they're going to Carpentry. Yeah. Okay. And so they're doing a uh, they're doing a women's retreat, and they're going to. I don't know what study they're going through on their retreat, but they're going to go okay. through a study. Uh, the men we try to do a couple of year. We do camping trips. We recently we just did one of. A month ago, okay. uh, we have some secret spots okay. where we like to go out and and you and Bo Lehman are the leadership. You we organize are. the class. We are. We'll bring in some teaching. guest uh, uh-huh. speakers. Uh, my father's now in the class. Yeah, so he yeah. taught our our men's retreat mm-hmm. that we recently had. Our men's retreats are very fun, um, especially if you like the camping, off roading, shooting, yeah, campfires. So anyone listening to this, they can just show up. Oh yeah, on a Sunday can. morning. Yep. You can show up and we will grab you and try to hang on to you. <laughs> well, so here's how I want to end this. Jimmy, since you've kind of known Ryan nearly his entire life, can we think for the people one really hysterical slash embarrassing story to share about Ryan? <laughs> I don't know if I have anything that's like super embarrassing. It's just this kid was <laughs> growing up, man, little toe head, you know, just wild child and he's a squeaky little talker. I can only say, like, when he would come to the house, if Ryan was coming to the house. Tim was leaving. Tim was leaving. Tim, <laughs> Timmy was leaving. Me and Ryan were like, hey, Ryan Rhodes is coming over. Okay, we're going to head out, and we're going we're gonna to go for the evening because this kid, he's he still hasn't changed. He's grown up and matured, but he'll still talk your ear off. Yeah, sorry about and, that. And uh, he was the same as, as a young kid, but no. I would show up. Tim, Yeah. first thing he would ask, he would want to know about my sister. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> Next <laughs> thing he would do would beat me up. It would end up in a wrestling match, and then he'd leave. That's pretty much what. No, he, that's a good ministry. I I kind of feel like that got you somewhere. He didn't become a fireman. He became a police officer. We need to and talk about that another episode. But that's that that'd be something I'd like to program. I don't know. But that's that's, that's because of his brother-in-law. That oh, is okay. his fault. By being the way. involved in his life, I had no no intentions in my mind for that. Actually, I, I do want to end the podcast on maybe some understanding of criminality that Timmy was involved with before he became a police officer? Uh, I'd say maybe before he was a Christian. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was early in my faith, too. We should probably oh, say that go. for another <laughs> another episode. Some altercation. He was a fighter, not a lover when he was younger. I guess yeah. just leave it Timmy. <laughs> Lord has Lord taught me and grown me over he, the years big time. He's gracious. He sure is. Folks, join us next week as we continue part two of this conversation. We'll discuss what it means to engage the church as husbands and fathers and about the common challenges men face in life and in ministry. Thanks for streaming. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to Magnify Podcast so you never miss an episode. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask in our mailbag, you can email them to magnify at gracebaptist.org and we will answer them on the show. Thank you so much for streaming.